Hi everyone, it's your friendly neighborhood scientist, Kenan. Uh, I just wanted to hit a few points before we get started. The boys and I were too caught up in the madness this episode. Uh, the devil had gotten a hold of our minds, and we forgot to mention the next movie that we're watching. Next Wednesday, May 2nd, we will try and extract the science of the mind in the movie Limitless. We will be recording that day, and then you can expect the episode to go up the week after, on Wednesday, May 9th. So get us your questions at Real Science Cast on Twitter, on our Facebook page, or wrap them up and give them to the nice internet postman over at realsciencecast at gmail. Okay, that's it for me. Enjoy the episode where we talk about weed a lot and cover reefer madness. Bye. For better or worse, the relationship between science, film, and media has long been intertwined. We're here to dissect that relationship, turning it inside out for all to see. And throughout the years, one truth has revealed itself. You don't need good science to make a good movie. But it sure makes it better. Hi everyone, and welcome to the Real Science Podcast, the podcast where three highly qualified professionals pick a movie and then pick apart the science. My name is Cheech Marin. My name is Sean Bong Jovi. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> I can't add to this. I'm Michael Pace. <laughs> and we're... We're... Today... Today we are especially, and uh-huh. we are really very highly qualified nice. professionals. We're extremely highly qualified. Uh, we're not high, just to clarify. Yes. But this is going to be a very dank episode. Oh, you know the I mean. dankest of the dank dank. We, we would like to specifically wish you a belated happy 420. Um, the date mandated by our Lord Jesus Christ in which everyone would... I guess get together and just enjoy nature's bounty, you know what I mean? Sean, you want to chime in on this? Yeah, I mean, like, it's the day where people just, you know, burn down one of those fat green trees mm-hmm. and just, you know, mm-hmm. thank Mother Gaia for the mm-hmm. blessings that the Earth has bestowed upon bestowed them. Bestowed upon them, yeah. 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 I think the, uh, a little known fact, actually, the entire agricultural industry was founded on the cultivation of the marijuana plant. Oh, this so. is good. So we are going well, to bullshit for the entire time. <laughs> no, and we're actually going to talk about some science. It was also on April 20th that that happened as well. That's correct. So, yeah, the mm-hmm. world president officially decreed that agriculture would start, the agricultural age would start on April 20th in 1924. No, in, in year 1920. <laughs> 1420. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it would be far, far, far in the future. <laughs> oh, wait, BC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It would be a lot better if we had a world president. That would be it. That would be really nice. I, I agree. Real question before we get started. Who would you guys vote for to be world president? President of the world, even. Pace? The pot. You want to field this I one? mean, it's a really tough an- question to answer, but like... There's a lot of qualifications you have to consider. Well, there are so many qualifications. And are, are you asking us to pick someone who is uh, currently alive? I got it. You got it? Jackie Chan. Ja- oh, shit. Actually, that's really good. Yeah, Jackie Chan. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know about that, dude. Can we pick dead people? Uh, no. No, because dead. you can't. No. Jackie Chan's dead. No, what? he's not. He just made a movie. Okay, Pace, you are high. Yeah, what is this? He was just in uh, the... Oh, yeah? Is that what he was in? Uh, the Return of Jackie Chan. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, he was in the Return. Well, he's he was just in me. the Tooth Fairy. He was in the Medallion 2. <laughs> <laughs> he was in Around the World in 80 Days. 
God, he was <laughs> like 18 years ago. Yeah. Uh, I, Are you googling I whether or not Jackie Chan's dead? No, I know. I know that was that was a joke. I know he's not dead, even though he's dead to me. Um, what? what? Stop. I would probably say what. Is Jackie Chan on your list of people that you don't like? No, he's actually I not. I cannot work with oh, you. Yeah, I'm no, just no. trolling. I'm just you. trolling you right now. Okay. I was going to say Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman would be a pretty good choice. I mean, from he, the, he is uh, the Hobbit. Yeah, yeah. I thought you said Morgan Freeman's name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, who's Martin? Oh, you know Marble Freeman. <laughs> um, hey, so I need a real answer before we, I mean, we have to record our podcast. If I, who I, I would want it to be Thomas Jefferson. He's one of my favorite people. Okay, that's all right. Well, all right. In this imaginary world in which we have established that there can be a world president. Okay. I will say... We could use some necromantic powers to resurrect Thomas Jefferson and instate him as the president. If not Thomas Jefferson, world. then Angela Merkel, probably. Yeah. I don't know who that is. She's, the, you don't know who that is? Germany? No, I don't read the news. Well, she is the chancellor of she's the, the chancellor of Germany. Uh, she also has a PhD. Does she know martial arts? Absolutely, she does. She's okay, the best yes. in all martial arts. Okay, Kung yeah. Fu, Taipei. Well, joke. as long as she does martial arts, that's fine with me. She does. That's uh, that seems to be the only requirement. Yeah, I she's very good. Martin Freeman, can you write it and tell us whether or not uh, you know martial arts so that I can make you president? You keep saying Morgan Freeman's name. Right? <laughs> oh my god, Sean! What movie did we watch on this dankest of holidays? Oh, so we're really doing this now? We're doing this now. Okay. <sighs> was that a deep breath or was that a just a big rip? It off was your... a fat joint cigarette. It was a a deep breath. Oh, okay, got it. We're not high. Right. Because it is illegal in Florida. It is illegal in Florida. The movie we watched is Reefer Madness. Was Reefer Madness. We're not currently watching (laughs) We're not currently watching Thankfully, we're not currently watching it. Thank Jesus. For those of you that don't know, Reefer Madness is a propaganda film from 1938. It stars a bunch of actors and actresses that I don't know. Well, they're all dead, so... That doesn't mean they don't deserve credit for the movies. Yeah, I mean, they still did some work. Yeah, they're all dead, though. So, Oh, my God. All right. Jeez. God, you're on fire tonight. Pace is really in a mood tonight, man. So we watched Free for Madness. It's a propaganda film. And the whole point of this movie is anti-marijuana propaganda. Correct. So the, the way we're going to cover this episode is a little different from the last ones because, for one, this movie is only an hour long. And second, uh, the movie's garbage. And it's really bad. That yeah, is not. It's not great. We aren't necessarily strangers to bad movies, but the entire plot of this it's, movie—it's famously bad, though. That's yes, insane. it's famously terrible. It is. The entire plot of this movie can be summed up in five minutes. Yep. So what we're going to do is sum up the shot by shot remake. Sum up the plot of the movie okay. in five minutes, and then we are going to answer your questions. About the effects and misconceptions of marijuana drug doing. Yeah, yes. we got a pretty solid number of questions because we were specifically covering uh, that just like stinky, stinky grain, and everybody wants to be in the no-no about that good, good. Yep. So uh, just to- we're going to sprinkle them throughout the episode, uh, and then answer a couple questions at the end after ratings that are unrelated. We are, and just to reinforce some things about this film. You don't need to watch the film to enjoy this episode. You don't. <laughs> and uh, this movie was bad enough to make you think that you were actually high. And we, and we were not. So, uh, As a suggestion to our listeners, if you live in a state in the United States or somewhere else in the world where you have legal access to marijuana and you want to watch this movie, I would suggest pairing the two together. Because this movie is very bad. <laughs> this movie is extremely bad. I am sure it will be a lot more entertaining if you are... 
high as a kite. You should also, uh, if you can, and you should, get the colorized version of the film. Yes. Because it looks like the person who did the coloration for the uh, Reefer Madness that was available, I guess, on uh, uh, Amazon? Amazon Prime. Amazon Prime yes. uh, was on drugs when they added color to the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, okay, <laughs> real quick, they do this thing in the movie where, so, it's set in the 30s, so everybody's chain-smoking so- chain cigarettes the entire time, but whenever they smoke marijuana, the smoke is colored <laughs> some, like, purple, or green. purple, green, blue, like, yeah. wild-colored smoke. We also know they're smoking marijuana because they're feverishly slurping down marijuana. Yes. It's, 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 the way in which they smoke marijuana does not resemble... In the least bit, how marijuana would probably be smoked today. It actually resembles how a starving person might consume a bag of Cheetos. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's a pretty good analogy. Or like maybe how a mouse would eat a very large cracker. Pace is the second episode where your computer's gone dang. Yo, you know what? This is actually the 15th episode where someone's computer has gone dang. <laughs> That's true. The first like... 12 for me. So I, I can't yell at you. <laughs> do you want me to run through the plot real fast? Yes. Yeah, let's do that. Give us a quick play-by-play, and then after that, we're going to talk about symptoms, and we're going to link them to specific scenes in the movie. Okay. And answer some questions. So, yes. Knuckle crack, knuckle crack, knuckle crack. Oh, I got a crack. Oh, that's going to wow. be sonically unpleasant for a lot of no, people. No, that's very good. Sounds awesome. Yeah? All right. Disclaimer. Before we talk about this movie, there is a... We have a content warning for this yep. film. There is a scene of sexual assault. And I guess that's really the only thing in the movie. Well, we have our content warning that we normally do. Pace, you want to hit us with them real we quick? have our normal content warning. Warming? Warming. Mm. How, Ooh, what, what temperature is that? This is some solid content. <laughs> I'm, I'm very toasty, <laughs> roasty. Um, and so we're in Sean's apartment. We're in Sean's apartment. Uh, we will do some, some light cursing. And one of our normal disclaimers that we will break apart the minutiae of this film, that's not really going to happen this time. Yeah, we won't, so, we won't do that this time. Uh, that's about it. So. I think that as a third disclaimer, I really want to emphasize to our listeners... We are not high. No, Sean, the more you this. say that, the more it sounds like we're high. Oh, so I should stop saying it. Just stop saying okay, it. Okay, I'm going to stop yeah. saying it. Do the plot summary. Let's all right. do this. Everyone in this movie looks exactly alike. Yep. And they're all wearing suits because it's the 30s. So the movie starts out with a school principal at a PTA meeting, and he is telling parents a story about the dangers of marijuana to their children. Right. Yep. So... He starts out giving a montage of different illicit drugs and how people can smuggle them into their very own neighborhoods and things could be happening right under their very noses. Right. They talk about the way that the FBI is trying to crack down on drugs and that they're finding drugs inside of, like, shoes and books, inside of fake barrels and shipping containers and things like this. Yes, the movie did a very good job at telling your kids where they should hide their drugs. (laughs) Exactly. Yep. (laughs) So... He essentially tells them all these things about the current crackdown and then says, let me tell you a story about something that happened in your very own neighborhood to kids that you know. And a one minute summary of this, I don't know, circumstance that circus that occurred on on TV is that essentially there were some local drug dealers in the town and they were targeting high school children because they have no morals Right, and they're easily corruptible. They're easily corruptible. So essentially what happens is they invite these kids up to their apartment to smoke a lot of reefer and hang out and they're trying to (laughs) sell the drugs to them and because of the crazy outlandish effects of the drug marijuana that they're all consuming um, someone accidentally gets shot Uh, someone gets run over by a car by a high driver and then there's a cover-up for this whole murder sorry a hiver 
A hiver. That's very good, guy. <laughs> um, then there's a cover-up for this whole murder, and a woman eventually ends up committing suicide in the end. And that is essentially the entire movie. It's just a lot of mishap that is supposed to be the onset of all of these manic symptoms from doing marijuana. It is, and it's also worth noting that throughout the entire film, this uh, they portray these these high school students a lot. Mostly, they're presented as couples, as as, yeah, yeah. as boy and girl, and they are just participating in debaucherous sexual activity oh, yeah, yeah. The, throughout, the, the, throughout the, the entire time. The link between drug use and just slowly degenerating morals in the 30s is very heavy in this film. It's so heavy. And and a lot of the time, actually, it's also worth noting that the female is normally portrayed as, like, the instigator or, like, the... I mean, the, like, they were... The Eve to the Adam of... Yeah, Lord, like, I mean, they, story. like, just bl- bluntly, like, the, they per- show the females as being, like, the like the horny ones. Like, that's how they show it. <laughs> they do! They do do that! <laughs> they do, yeah. They do depict the women as becoming, like, uncontrollably sexually aroused. Yeah! So that's really the whole plot, right? Yeah. Um, that's and- the fastest we've covered a plot. Ever. Yeah. And it ends poorly for all of the people that were doing drugs. And right. they're like, yes. so go tell your kids, kids about the dangers of marijuana. Talk to your children. Yeah. It could be in your home. And then the finger comes through the screen and yep. points at everybody sitting on the couch. Whoa, 3D! Yeah. This uh, movie wasn't 3D. In the beginning of the movie, there's a text crawl that uh, Like in Star Wars. Yes, it says long, a long time ago in a neighborhood. A galaxy far at war. <laughs> <laughs> Drugs run amok. <laughs> the Rebel Alliance is experiencing the following symptoms due to rampant drug use <laughs> sudden violent laughter, dangerous hallucinations, time dilation, emotional disturbances, and lack of emotional control, violence, and pure insanity. Wow. <laughs> but to be frank, that is what they said. Hi, symptoms. <laughs> Are you trying to give us people that you're not high, Kenneth? <laughs> That's true. Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say that, and I was like, Kenneth is going to reprimand me for making this terrible joke on podcast. <laughs> no, I won't. Go ahead. To be fair... Everything you just said are the symptoms that they list for marijuana use. In that opening crawl. In that opening crawl. Which really just, they're trying to set the scene here of what you're supposed to be looking for in these kids as you watch the film. Do we want to talk about the first one? Yes. Yes. Sudden violent laughter. So, sudden violent laughter. Um, what do you, I mean, what do you guys think? Do you think that's an actual symptom of marijuana use? Yeah, I mean, I think that's definitely, you definitely experience altered perception. Right, I mean, otherwise, what would be the point? Like, <laughs> I'm just saying, like, well, there just are, to relax on a good, you know, just to relax. But yes, like, yes, it, I, it seems like laughter is a symptom. I don't know if it's as exaggerated as they portrayed. It's so, certainly not. It's it's not. I can list off a few of the symptoms of uh, marijuana use, not just in regards to like the psychoactive, but just the overall physical known symptoms. Effects. Not like known symptoms. Hollywood. What symptoms. actually happens when you when you intake THC, the uh, active ingredient of, of, of marijuana. Um, Let's hear them. The, Enlighten me. So I'll this can include things like uh, dizziness, uh, red eyes and dilated pupils. This is because the marijuana literally makes your blood vessels dilate in your eyes so they look redder. Mm. Um, yes. Is it only your eyes? Or is it just uh, visible? No, I mean, it's also just like lower blood pressure as well. Okay. So um, also increased heart rate, dry mouth, uh, increased appetite. Uh, slow to reaction time, and of course, euphoria, which is a feeling of pleasure. So, plaisir. 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 Sure. 
Stop. <laughs> it's a drug of pleasure. Oh, God. <laughs> well, we, we had one listener in France, and we don't need more. Oh, what? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Hey, I'm racist. Sorry, all of... Wait, hold on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, it's, it's, it's reasonable to suggest that there could be increased laughter under the effects of marijuana, but probably not the maniacal laughter that we observe in the film. Right, so you're saying that along with the uh, feelings of euphoria that you would get when smoking weed, uh, you are also disinhibited as far as you're, you're sort of a general emotion. Certain areas of your brain are disinhibited, so okay. you, will, you will laugh easier. Cool. So you find things funnier. You but find you, things funnier. You don't laugh at nothing. You just find things funnier. Like one of the first scenes where we see this, where there is a piano player down at the sock hop, just sucking on a malt, playing the piano, jamming down, having a good old time, uh, who leaves his post at the piano in order to walk into a back room and smoke weed in the same way that uh, Gollum looks at his ring. Absolutely. That is... The perfect description of how everybody in this movie smokes weed. Yeah. Well, they, they covet it like it's a ring that is cursed and like bound to their, bound very, to their soul. very soul. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. They seem to be laughing at nothing. Yeah, like they seem to be like the guy in the, he was smoking weed in a closet because he was trying to hide from where he was playing the piano. But he there was no stimulus for him to laugh at. So that's not how that would actually happen. You would you would just find things funnier. And more easily laugh, but not you wouldn't laugh at nothing for no reason. That makes sense. You yeah. you require some sort of outside stimulus, right? Like the right. movie Reefer Madness, right? Exactly, <laughs> right? Exactly. So this actually brings us to one of our first questions uh, that I think we can cover. And a friend of the podcast, Justin Waterfield, asks us: Can you discuss the many ways to ingest THC or marijuana, such as bong, cigarette, edibles, brownies, vaping, etc.? We can absolutely talk about that. We can also say ahead of time that we're not endorsing all of the different ways for you. We're to not endorsing using these ways. These sort are just of chow down on some green leaves. These are the various ways upon which human beings take marijuana. Can munch and then munch. Sometimes it's munching. Sometimes it's not munching. Pates, I hear you found a very informative website. Could you please tell us okay. all the different ways that Is, humans? I want can to know. I don't want to know if it's from a reputable source. I just trust that it's from a reputable source. It absolutely is from a reputable source. That's what we um, get. All right, good. So the first, the first we one, did. I mean, which is very, very common, uh, is smoking, as you might suggest. Uh, you know, you would take dried flour from the cannabis plant, and you would like you would wrap it up in rolling paper, mm-hmm. uh, or you'd smoke it from from a bong, uh, and then basically you're just inhaling the actual fumes of this burned plant. Right? Water, gravity, or otherwise. Uh, yes. Yes. Maybe roll it in a spliff. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know what a spliff Just is. Just like Bob Marley. Sorry, it's the way Sean said spliff, with an arched eyebrow, and then looked directly at me. <laughs> uh, listeners, there's going to be a little game afterwards where you get to pick out how many different Weed words we used for the word marijuana because I'm gonna try and work in every colloquial word for weed that I could possibly think of. Before we before we continue with the ways to ingest marijuana, can we just really quickly go over this? Will not take long. The different DEA classified quote unquote street names for no, marijuana. No, don't, don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. But they're really fun. But, but, but we're gonna say them all. Tell you what, let's do it at the end, and it'll be like bingo. Yeah, that's yeah. Fair. Okay, so okay, g- g- listeners, get out your bingo boards, your weed boards, okay. your ganja boards, okay. bingo, bango, your boards. bingo, bango boards, and just keep track, okay? Because we're gonna go over them at the end. Okay. So oh, wait, hold on. Your Ouija boards. Oh <laughs> my god. <laughs> Sorry, we couldn't slide it in that one. Go ahead. I'm Pace. ready now. In podcast. Um. 
I think the what we can say about smoking is this is like one of the quickest ways to feel the effects of marijuana and it's your bloodstream like the fastest and it's therefore it's going to reach your brain the fastest. So it works fast. It's definitely the coolest way. Oh, it's so cool. <laughs> People look so cool when they smoke. Yes. Um, and so whenever you also whenever you do this this way, it will also mean the THC will leave your, your system quicker. Uh, or you smoke marijuana versus ingesting it right. via an edible, uh, which we'll get to. So there is smoking. The issue again with, with smoking is that you are inhaling smoke into your lungs, which yeah. is, which is never a good thing in general. Just like inhaling cigarette smoke is bad for your lungs. Another way to ingest the Mary Jane is through vaping. Uh, and this is a smokeless way to intake marijuana, <clears throat> right? Please. So, uh, elaborate. I will, I would, I would be so glad to elaborate. Um, so how this works is this again works very, very quickly within seconds of right. you inhaling it. You start to feel the effects, uh, of the marijuana. Can you guys comment on how this might be different from actually inhaling, uh, the smoke of the, of the burned plant? Like how would, how would the vaping be different? Well, yeah, sure. So like, uh, uh vaporizers that utilize THC delivery versus vaporizers that utilize nicotine delivery. Um, these work in similar fashions in that you're using uh, an oil or juice or liquid uh, in right. order to actually vaporize, as the word implies, the uh, <laughs> drug in question into a form in which you can inhale it into your lungs so that it can adhere to your mucous membranes and be yes. absorbed into your bloodstream. Um, and as you mentioned, this works uh, much more quickly than something like edibles would. Uh, even more so when you're doing vaping versus when you're doing vaping, when you're vaping versus smoking within five to 10 minutes, you start feeling the effects. Yes. Uh, in fact, THC reaches its peak plasma concentration within five to 10 minutes of smoking. Right. So, right. Okay, cool. This that is, that all sounds good to me. Yeah. Does it sound good? <laughs> uh, oh yeah. We haven't said anything funny. I think that based upon other methods of intaking, uh, the reefer, this is probably one of the safer ways to do it. I would think. Um, you definitely have finer control over how much weed you're taking into your body. Exactly. Uh, smoking versus eating. Absolutely. Uh, especially vaping, because yes. like if you are in a state in which it is legal and you're going out and you're buying oil, they will tell you what... You know the concentration. Right. They will tell you what you're taking into your body. At least exactly. I, know. I do think that like scientifically, it's like so vaping is... And I'm talking about like cigarette vaping, like you know. You're talking about cotton. I'm talking about yes. I'm talking about cotton. I'm talking about that it's, Eli Whitney shit. It's very vaping is very like in vogue now, and I think it can be called a fad, honestly, because yeah, yeah. it's very popular. Um, not saying that it isn't better than smoking cigarettes, because it probably is, but I do think there does need to be a little more scientific research into the like long term effects of vaping, because it's not actually a thing that people have been doing for a long that's, time. That's so, true. So there are no long-term studies. And despite lobbying, like, there... Exactly. There hasn't been nearly as much research that has yeah. gone into vaping versus, like, actual just cigarette consumption. Right. Ba true. I mean, based on the knowledge of what is actually in there, it seems like it would be less harmful, but that is also more of a hypothesis than an actual scientific fact. Right. right. So, Pace, how many more methods are on this There's website? quite a few methods. Well, I'm going to try to go through these a little more quickly. Um, so, one of the next ways to consume uh, consume marijuana is through edibles. Uh, so, this could be, like, baked into, like, a baked good. Uh, there's a lot of different ways to do this. Um, like brownies. Like brownies. Pizza? Is pizza a thing? Uh, you could probably bake it into the dough, I would think. You could put um, it in anything that has butter in it. 
Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Because exactly. THC is fat soluble. Yep. Right. It's yep. not water soluble. And that's actually really important that it's fat soluble because whenever you intake THC into the body, it gets stored in your fat, and therefore the it, it gets broken down very very slowly, and then the metabolites can still be detected in one's urine for a longer, a very very long period of time, up to the period of sometimes over a month. So it's, I mean, that's going to vary from person to person, sure. obviously. Uh, but that's one of the things that will happen with with consuming it edibly versus versus smoking. Well, and you mentioned like varying from person to person, but one of the big things between uh, eating edibles versus just burning one down real fast before you go to algebra class uh, <laughs> is that uh, the effects and when you feel them have a lot to do with like say the bioavailability, the ability of your specific body in order to process the THC. Uh, during consumption, whereas in general, smoking, people actually feel the effects around the same time at the same levels, very like from person to person. Right. Right. I mean, because you have a lot of these other uh, these other things to consider uh, via the gastrointestinal route. That's true. I mean, it, and another broad, like blanketed feature of the gastrointestinal route is that it enters the bloodstream slower, mm-hmm. so you feel the effects slower. And they last for longer. If you have like a very powerful edible, it's gonna last. It can last like a day. Yeah. So um, there's also something known as the uh, uh, metabolic first pass effect, where when you take an orally administered drug, uh, it can be partially metabolized in the liver before reaching systematic distribution versus inhalation. So if you you know if, if this occurs at a higher rate, then you're going to be feeling the drugs differently than you would if it hadn't. So would you need more of it? I in that case don't know enough about. That method, like I don't know enough about that method of delivery of drugs or THC in order to answer that question competently. But I do know if, that in general, the effects of THC when consumed through edibles are stronger. Um, so I don't. There may be some balancing out that occurs okay. there, or I don't know. They also take longer. It's like one to two hours before it kicks in. Right. So. Okay. According that, to the internet, that gives us about thirty minutes to finish the show. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, listeners. All right, Pace. You want to summarize a lot of these other ones? Because yeah, yeah. This, I'll go through. So, like the next. Give one, me the funniest one. We haven't said anything funny. So, recently. I mean, a kind of funny one is the topical, which is oh, like lotion, like lotion, like weed like, lotion, like weed lotion, like the Kush Kush lotion. I thought you meant like a like a current event. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a, <laughs> guns. No. So this is actually the topicals are for applying are for, are for applying the THC to like a, a localized area where pain or inflammation, like your lungs. Um. Well, <laughs> like your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> Not exactly. Uh. That there is some evidence to suggest that th- that THC reduces inflammation. That's actually used for a lot of autoimmune diseases, which we might talk about. Uh. So there, there is some scientific basis to back up this to back this up. Um. But in regards to the efficacy of just putting it on your skin and how it's absorbed, I don't know how efficacious that is. I would imagine that due to the. Due to the push as THC as a method of controlling pain, that a topical application of THC would be felt more locally to that. And the amount that you actually absorb into your bloodstream during application versus when you smoke it or eat it inside a sweet, sweet weed pizza uh, are probably very different. Right? Yeah. Like I would imagine yeah. if you put on your weed suntan lotion, you're not going to get high. But you may feel the therapeutic effects. Well, and that's the thing. People like this way of doing it is is touted as being a non psychoactive way of administering there you go. THC. Yeah. Um, Do you think that if they made weed suntan lotion, they would put like you remember that purple suntan lotion 
that like no that like turns white after you've been in this like after it's sat for like five minutes oh it was, was it like, like a th- like it was like oh kids. so you know when it's safe to put safe your to kid in the water, the water yeah. and stuff what if they made it just like fu- like neon green, just like suntan lotion, which is like weed leaves all over? <laughs> it. Yeah, and you're just and you're just green, but like it turns green when you're ready to get in the water. Yeah, <laughs> so you just look like you've been painted green. You look like a little baby Shrek at the beach. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'd be yeah. great. TM, 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 baby Shrek at the beach. <laughs> I think new from. The I think we should brothers. move on. Yes, I just want to highlight one last way people do this, and that's with dabbing. No, this is not the fad that people will do with their head and the, their arms like you guys are doing now. I like the... Thank you for describing dabbing to our listeners. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. Hey, oh, sometimes they're not as hip as we are. <laughs> um, and so this is for... Dabbing is for very, very high tolerance users of cannabis. So, like, this is taking a very, very highly potent form of cannabis, like in a sort of like like wax or like a butter type substance. Contains up to 80% THC. Uh, and you basically will light this and I guess like inhale the fumes, and this is again. This well, you, is, you melt it, and, and then you inhale the yeah. the vapor that yes. is released. You take one of those like candle wax melter things, and you just dump some sticky. Yeah, the top. yeah, yeah. They're called yeah. wallflowers. You just like pour some of that sweet oil in there, and just yes, yeah, and that kind oil, that sweet kind oil. I think it's really only used for like seriously ill patients who need like a really high concentration of THC, or people who are trying to get ripped. Yeah. Well, yeah, but like. The, bear in mind, a lot of like the marijuana that you would like that one might smoke is only about twelve percent THC. This is eighty percent THC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's so it's like for it's weed for people who hate themselves. Yeah, or have reefer because, madness because or they have reefer madness. There's a high oh, probability that you're gonna like pass out or vomit or any of the other negative side effects of marijuana use. So that doesn't sound fun at all. No. All right, Ken, and what is the... Justin, thank you for your question. Yeah, thank, thank you, you so much, much, Justin Waterfield. What is the next thing that we got, Kenan? So the next symptom that they discuss in the movie is lack of emotion control or self-awareness. And the... I mean, we see this the entire fucking film, but I mean, the way that they try and get it across are these drug-fueled sex parties that they have. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as much as you can have... In the 1930s, it's mostly people, I guess, doing the Charleston and listening to music. <laughs> it's making out doing the Charleston. And making out on the yeah. couch while rubbing each other's faces. Exactly. Or like, I don't know. I mean, the best part about this. Smoking indoors. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the best part about this is they literally like take a puff of their jazz cigarettes and then they They're just gone. start making out and like ripping each other's clothes off. Absolutely. But like, they're ripping each other's like exterior layer of 30s clothing. Well, in the 30s, you wore, like, a slip, underwear, uh, a dress, uh, a jacket, um, uh, an invisible latex layer that goes on the outside that protects you against energy, uh, like, bolts, basically. Uh, (laughs) Okay. The other thing that happens in this movie is that there's a scene where uh, the main drug dealer needs a ride to his boss uh, in order to pick up more reefers for the young kids to get down on. Uh, and he finds an unwitting child, high schooler, uh, at the party. He's borrowed his sister's car, and they go to the drug dealer's place. Before this drug dealer leaves the car, he turns around to the driver of the vehicle, who waits outside in an uncovered convertible, and smokes a, c- smokes a weed cigarette in the middle of, I guess, downtown New York or wherever the fuck they are. Yeah. Literally, he's just like, hey, smoke this. I'll be right back. He goes, hey, Jack, let me get one of them reefers. One of them reefers. <laughs> and then he burns it down. The drug dealer comes back, and then they drive. 
the person who sells the drugs knows what the drugs quote unquote do to people and says, hey, driver of this car, smoke this cigarette before you go. And then after he smokes it, he goes, hey, be careful. You don't want to drive like a crazy person. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> and then the man proceeds to run into, kill a person while he's on driving. his way home. Yeah. yeah. But let's go ahead and just like say no to this, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, this is not, th- th- whenever he was driving, this goes along with their theme of showing people as like crazed under right. the effects of marijuana, right? It, it wasn't that like, because if you get blasted out of your mind and you get behind the wheel of a car, you will probably crash it. Like that that is a thing, right? Like but that's that's not because you're like a crazy person. Yeah. It's because you're under the influence of drugs. Yeah. Like and you've like, been smoking weed and your reflexes, so you can't drive. Your your reaction time sucks. Yeah. Your yeah. reaction time your perception's too. altered. Yeah. yeah. And I think that brings us to our next question. Pace, why don't you field this next question? Because it might hit a little close to home. <laughs> and by home you mean this is a question from my wife. I can answer this question. My wife! So, <laughs> beat you to it, you bastard. <laughs> Lauren Pace asks, what kind of methods exist? Sorry, who? Lauren Pace? Sorry, who? Front of the show, Lauren Pace. Thanks. <laughs> asks, what kind of methods exist to test for the current presence of marijuana, like how there's a breathalyzer for alcohol? Uh, she says she's just thinking about how it will be regulated with driving since it's becoming more, uh, more and more used uh, recreationally. So if our boy... Randy? What was his name? Jimmy, I think. Jimmy had been pulled over, well, maybe prior to hitting a person on the side of the road. Uh, sure. And they thought he was under the influence. How would they have tested for it is what you're asking. That's what she's asking. And right now, there's there's no way to do it. There's no Law enforcement has no quick detection if someone's been using marijuana that they can just administer on the spot. There are companies that are racing to get this technology finished. And ironically, oh. one of them called Cannabix Technologies is actually working with the University of Florida to get this machi- to get this breathalyzer made. That sounds like crackers with weed in them. That's what that they are. That sounds like Cannabix cereal. You can Google it. Cannabix Technology C-A-N-N-A-B-I-X Part of this balanced breakfast. Part of a balanced breakfast. Your kids will love weed. <laughs> so they're basically using mass spectrometry to fit, like to quickly detect THC. So, do you know how they do this? Do they collect a sample from someone and then use mass spec in order to identify the molecules associated with uh, marijuana use in THC? Yeah. You know that so you the, guys are going to have to say what mass spec is. So, mass spectrometry, a little bit, mass spectrometry is just a very, like, it's, it's a way to identify chemical compounds, yeah. essentially. You yeah. basically um, take a chemical and you blow it up, you obliterate it. Yeah, you vaporize it with a laser. Yeah, you vaporize yeah. it with a laser and there's a detection device that can essentially, like... It can measure the size of certain substances. Yeah. And then they can look at those sizes and they can know, oh, like, THC would show up at, the, like, this reading. Mm-hmm. And then you can basically use that to confirm that there's THC present. Like, I guess... I'm, I actually don't know if it would be in someone's breath or not. I th- I, I'm not 100% positive. It might be in your saliva. But it could be in your saliva. Oh, actually, that's a good point. It probably would be in the saliva. Probably, probably would, would be. Use. Most stuff in the blood can get into the saliva. Right. right. Um, so that's that. So that is in development, and I wouldn't be surprised if, like, five years from now, that, that is a thing. So, so you can use mass spectrometry to identify very small molecules, even in small amounts. So thank you so much for your question, Lauren. We uh, it was a pleasure answering it. Um, Pizio. It was a. Pl- <laughs> it was. It was. It was great. Um, so let's move on to the next listener question. Uh, well, we can hit a couple of, uh, I think, a couple more symptoms first, and then we'll 
hop into the questions just sort of as they crop up. And I think the next major symptom that is discussed in the movie is dangerous hallucinations. Mm. And we get right. a pretty prime example yeah. of this when uh, Jeffrey, uh, Cody, George, Ralph, Ralph, no, uh, not Ralph. Ralph is the guy at the end. I don't know. 30s man. Jimmy. No, Jimmy was the guy who hit someone with a car. I don't know. He had just a white boy name. Randy. <laughs> sure. Randy, uh... Randy Whiteman. Randy Whiteman has, uh, just consumed, I think, like, half a marijuana cigarette. Uh, has then achieved sexual congress with a woman who is not his girlfriend. Yes. But which they bring up during the trial later. It's not his fault. He's got reefer madness. He's under the devil's grass. Uh... He walks out of the uh, room in which he has completed this task, uh, achieved this quest, and he witnesses... I don't know who the actor's name is, but he looks like Jude Law. Uh, that's Ralph. That's Ralph, sure. Uh, Jude Law is attacking a uh, his girlfriend, who is in the room with uh, Jude Law. Uh, they've both been smoking. She's saying, no, no, no. What was the name? What did we call him? Randy. Randy. Randy Whiteman. Randy Whiteman <laughs> uh, hallucinates that she's into this, and... I don't know why that's, like, worse. Like, I, the way he reacts to it would be the same as if he hadn't hallucinated. Yeah, the thing is... So it doesn't make any sense in the movie? He's watching his girlfriend get sexually assaulted, but his hallucination is, is that his girlfriend is just hooking up with this guy. That she's consenting. Yeah. yeah. And he's still... I mean, he's mad about it, but I guess the whole thing is that he's hallucinating, and then it makes him prone to a violent outburst. Right. The whole point is that it's a violent outburst. I guess I'm just saying that, like... I don't know, the hallucination didn't need to be there. Right, it could like, have just been violent anyway. Yeah, which actually would have, I guess, maybe the He violence... should have been more violent! Yeah, 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 <laughs> right. Maybe they're saying that, like, the violence was, like, over the top for what he thought was happening. Yeah, sure, maybe that's the I don't think this movie is that deep, though, honestly. <laughs> yeah, either way, he uh, pulls Jude Law off of his girlfriend, punches him in the face, and the drug dealer from before who thought it was cool to arm a driver with a... Jack. Jack, yeah, a Jack cigarette, uh, pulls out a gun and escalates the, uh, the situation greatly. Uh, Randy Whiteman uh, tries to take the gun from him. The gun goes off, and it kills Randy Whiteman's girlfriend. Yeah, the best part about this is he's like, two crazed people fighting, let me pull out my Let's gun. Let's pull a gun And out. hit one of them in the head with it. Yep. So instead of just going in to punch him, he pulls out a gun and is like, let me hit him with my the butt of my handgun. Badonk. Yeah. And uh, like Kenan said, Mary dies. So Regarding the actual hallucinations that cued this event, yep. right? Everything that I could find in the literature about marijuana use, a lot of it was regarding hallucinations. Uh, of the ganja right. was highly anecdotal and happened in a very very small subset of people who who, uh, who smoked it, and so and it, so about like maybe f- like five ish percent of people were reported to actually experience hallucinations. But again, these were all these were not controlled studies, and a lot of the times they were th- this happened in, p- in patients that also had schizophrenia, which hallucinations is also oh. a symptom of that as well. <laughs> so, that seems like it might affect the data. Yeah, yeah. you would you would think so. <laughs> so. And you're, um, and you're talking about a, a distinct differentiation between hallucinations and altered perception, which marijuana is known to cause. So, like, right. the way that you experience things, like your actual senses, and not, like, entire scenes of conjured images. Yes. There, there is, like, there's another way, to, another way to put it could be, you know, a distortion of what you are experiencing versus experiencing something that's not there, right. whether it be auditory or visual. Right. It does. Um, I agree. <laughs> <Great>. <laughs> So Jack knocks out Randy Whiteman, uh, and he uh, his wife rushes rushes in, 
And she says, uh, oh, my God, what are we going to do? And he goes, don't worry. I know how weed works. And he wakes up Randy after cleaning the gun off, putting it in Randy's hand, and just sort of, like, aiming him at Mary, his slain girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And Randy comes to and he's like, what happened? And he's like, you killed her. And he's like, oh, God! Yeah, he just starts crying, like, uncontrollably. Right. And then they put him on trial. Right. And the so... Whole- Sorry, go ahead. I was just saying, the whole point of this is that they're exhibiting his, like, memory loss because of using marijuana. Exactly. Right. And while there is there is information that links short-term memory loss with marijuana usage, there's also information that suggests that after you cease using marijuana, because of, as Pace mentioned last time, neuroplastic- neuroplasticity, you can recover from the uh, inability to retain short-term memories. Uh, so interestingly enough, marijuana does affect the hippocampus, which we talked about on the show before <laughs> in Memento, which is a very important brain region for memory. <laughs> you know I'm what? Not gonna make the joke. It's such a do funny word, like hippocampus, Stop. you know? Stop. It is a funny word. <gasps> it's where hippopotamuses go to college. <laughs> Fuck you, Ken. God, I can really, listeners, Kenan needed to get that out. <sighs> All right. So what's the next symptom that we like to talk about, dudes? Well, you tell me, dude. All right. Hey, uh, well... Are, are we... I believe it's violent outbursts, right? Oh, you mean like the... We're getting occurred. into the serious stuff now. This is the... This is... Listeners, Tell these are children. the bad things that can occur when you smoke reefers. Yes, when you do reefer, Especially reefers, when you have more than one reefer. When you do reefer, no one wins, kids. No when one you wins. drop into that deep pool of sticky icky and swim God, through the so water sticky. of that nasty kush, sometimes you don't come up. And when... And, <laughs> And when <laughs> so stupid. And when you're drowning in hash, it's hard to breathe, kids. <laughs> God. Okay, so talk to us about some violence, John. Some ultra violence. Some bits of ultra violence in this movie. Okay, so the I, as far as I know, violent behavior is not associated with marijuana use whatsoever. But in this movie, they very much associate with marijuana use. So, like we just talked about. Uh, What's his name? Randy Whiteman's Randy reaction. Whiteman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, his reaction to seeing his girlfriend making out with Ralph yep. was that he was trying to fight him. And then uh, Jack comes in and hits him with a gun and someone gets killed. Um, you know what? I was going to make the point. Jack is sober the entire movie. It's entirely feasible that Jack would have shot someone because yeah. he hasn't been smoking weed. <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah J- right. Jack is the Jack is the drug dealer, and there's like no scene of him actually smoking weed the entire time. So he has yeah. a different problem, right? <laughs> so, which should we just talk about it here? <laughs> we can. All right. So Jack is the drug dealer, right? And throughout the entire movie. Jack is always eating. He's eating something in every He's scene. He's always in the kitchen. And they even make a comment on it. She's like, don't you ever get fed, Jack? Or like, don't you ever get fat and stuff? And he's just eating food, talking about selling weed. And the funniest part about this is, which I think is like a commonly known uh, side effect of smoking marijuana, is that you get very hungry. And some people call it the munchies. Some people do call it the and munchies. And nowhere in this movie are the people who are smoking reefer like exhibiting symptoms of the munchies. The only person in the movie who isn't smoking weed is constantly eating the entire time, yeah. which is just like so much irony for the worst propaganda film. I, I, I really think it. the makers of this film knew that it was a parody and put that in just to show how ridiculous what they're, I can't what they're making they is. What they were doing. I, <laughs> I think they were just like, what are dangerous things that will scare people? We'll just put those into <laughs> well, a movie. Well, you bring that up because there's one scene that we had to replay because it was so unbelievable where Jack is talking to, I guess, his wife and fellow drug dealer, and he's about to consume a plate of, I guess, just french fries, and he is shaking 
half a salt shaker of salt onto these fries (laughs) before he consumes them. It's a lot of sodium. We literally rolled it back and I said, that is the least believable portion of this movie because he's going to die of hypertension before the movie's (laughs) over. He's going to have cotton mouth from all that salt that he bought his food. Yeah. Crazy. That dry mouth. Let's take acts of that violence. There's acts of violence, right? I mean, they show this with someone, Jimmy running over the guy with his car and not, not thinking twice about it. There's a fight scene and then there's this murder and then Jack is trying to cover up the murder. Right. right. So they obviously are showing, like, he doesn't have any morals. The people are just, like, crazed and they can't help fighting each other. Um, and then there's actually, well, skip ahead to the later scenes. So basically the very end of the movie. Yeah, basically end of the movie. They have some scenes of a trial where Randy Whiteman is being tried for murdering his girlfriend, even though he didn't actually do it. He has memory lapses and no evidence that supports that someone else did it. Who, I don't know if this is actually, if I heard this correctly, but I think the girl who got murdered, her name was Mary Jane. Was it really? I think they actually said it in the trial. I could have been wrong because this movie was garbage and it was hard to hear everyone. Let's just call her Mary Jane. But I think her name was Mary Jane. (laughs) MJ. So, uh, during this trial, Jack, the drug dealer, and his, like, girl are hiding Ralph and his girl. And Ralph and his girl are the ones who have been, like habitually right. reefering it up. Ralph being Jude Law, who... He's not actually Jude Law. He's not Law, actually Jude Kenan Law, but looks, looks like exactly Jude Law. like Jude he's Law. He's got the same haircut, you know? He also has the same face. They have the, they're the same person. Nah, Jude Law's prettier. I mean, yes, Jude Law He's also not addicted to reefer. That's true. He's not irresponsible. Right, yes. Jude? Tell your children, Jude. Hey, so, Jude. Jack is... Don't high. get me... Sad. Hi. Oh, okay. Take a good split <laughs> and burn it down. <laughs> And there's this scene that is, I guess it's kind of famous in this movie. Jack and his wife are concerned that Ralph is about to crack and go to the police about what happened because he's acting psychotic. They literally say, I'm worried about Jack. And one of them goes, stop giving him weed. And then they keep giving him weed. Yeah, like he basically has a limitless supply of this entire movie. They're like, yeah, make sure he doesn't burn up too much reefer. Right. We see this guy smoke like maybe 30 spliffs. For the entire movie. It's yeah. insane. He's just burning him down. Um, so his like girlfriend is trying to console him because she can see he's acting kind of like crazy and neurotic. And so she's like, What about why don't I play piano for you? And he's like, Yeah, that'd be that'd be great. Play some piano. And so they're both smoking weed. She's playing piano and he's just sitting in a chair. And as she's playing, she just keeps going faster and faster. And Ralph sits there the whole time and just goes, faster, faster, play faster. And his eyes are like bugging out of his head and he looks like absolutely out of his mind. Yeah. And she's playing piano at like, I don't know. It sounds like the track was just like sped up. She's actually like, she's like playing really, piano really, really, really well. Which the best part in this movie is everybody playing piano. It's like so fake that they're playing piano. Like yeah. they're basically just moving their arms up and down while their hands aren't in like view of the camera. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Very funny. So... Um, this scene is happening, and then Jack comes back from seeing the boss drug dealer that he works for, and this is when Ralph has a, like, psychotic break and basically exhibits another violent outburst. So Jack comes in, and he goes like, I know what you're trying to do! You're trying to kill me! And Jack (laughs) goes in the least convincing voice possible, No! No, he's like Mark I, Wahlberg. I just want to talk to you. He's like Mark Wahlberg in The Happening. Yeah. <laughs> what? Like no, what? I don't want to kill you. <laughs> I don't want to kill you. Uh, Me? Really bad. A murderer? So, of course, Jack says this, and then it looks like Ralph grabs, like, 
a stick with a corn on the cob on the end of it? I have no idea what I it think was. it's a fire poker, but it literally just looks like a corn cob with a very, 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 very long stick coming out of one end. And he beats Jack to death with it. He does. And the whole time, his girlfriend is standing there next to the piano, laugh crying. She's like, ha ha ha! <laughs> just yep. watching this man get beat to death. Right, yeah. and then after Jude Law sort of collapses in an insane stupor, she's just standing over him, like, petting his head and then acting like a crazy Yeah, person. and then the neighbor goes like, yes, hello, there's been a fight, apartment 2C, <laughs> and just hangs up the phone. And Sean pointed out that a gun went off earlier, and the neighbor didn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if any of you have ever fired a gun, but they're really, really loud. They're a lot like, louder than the sound of someone being beat to death with a fire poker. Yeah, so I don't know what's up there. But then the cops come in, arrest all of them, and, like, you know, that was another violent outburst. Um, and basically we see that uh, Ralph's girlfriend, she confesses to the whole thing, like, Brandy Whiteman didn't actually kill that girl, Jack framed him, and now Jack's dead. And she, long story short, she jumps out a window. Yeah. And kills herself. Yeah. And then there's a whole lesson where the judge is like, Randy Whiteman, I hope you learned your lesson. I can't condone your violent acts and all this stuff. And then the movie wraps up with, like, tell your children because yeah. weed will make you have too much sex kids. and then kill yourselves. So, <laughs> should, we, should we move on to uh, uh, another one of our listener questions? I think so. I want to get away from Sean's spooky weed ghost. About, uh, Come get high! <laughs> Are there any studies? You guys are very, very entertaining people. Oh, it's me. I was killed from smoking. <laughs> That's Ted. why you always leave a note. <laughs> Next listener question. Yes. From uh, Chris Pace. Who's that? Is that your brother? Friend of the podcast. Me Padre. Ooh. Uh, do, do any studies show long-term health effects of marijuana use? This is a very, very good question. Interesting. Um, and I want to... Start this off by saying that it's very, very tough to get a lot of conclusive evidence to answer this question because marijuana has been illegal in the U.S., right? So it, it's not exactly easy to conduct controlled, like, studies and clinical trials and marijuana use to study its long-term effects. Um, and so what has been reported up to this point is just really anecdotal. And by anecdotal, right. we mean people, like, self-reporting how they feel under marijuana, especially over long periods of time. Yeah, like, and I think we all know how we feel about self-reporting. It's uh, Self-reporting is, is not good. It's not reliable. It's it's inherently problematic. It's not scientifically accurate. Sound. In the, yeah, sound. In the sense of how scientific studies are conducted. Right. right. It is fine for getting some, like, public health information right. or maybe epidemiological, sure. like, social pattern information of what different, like groups of people are doing, yeah. but actually gleaning, like, hard scientific fact from this is very, very difficult. And another problem is that in order for, like, researchers, you know, and scientists to study it, you have to deal with regulations from the FDA, the the, the Food and Drug Administration, uh, the NIDA, or the National Institute on Drug Abuse, and the DEA, Drug Enforcement uh, Agency, and it's also just really expensive to run large-scale, long-term human studies. I mean, there. I, I know from personal experience that at, at University of Florida, there are some researchers who are just now beginning to study marijuana because it's becoming actually feasible. Yeah, it is still in the U.S. and it is still scheduled as Schedule One by the DEA, which is not the case elsewhere in the world. And it's actually been recommended to be scheduled down to level three yeah. by the UN and other countries, but. For some reason, the U.S. will not change the scheduling. And that means yeah. what the scheduling means is they're basically saying that 
It is a drug that is only consumed as like a narcotic, and it has no medical uses available. Right. And because of <laughs> which that, is not, even which though is, it's prescribed for medical, which arrest, is just not true, and, which is not true. And because of that labeling, right? So the rationale is that if something has no medical use, you don't need to study it because all you need to do is keep people from using it. But people are using it. It's being prescribed medically in a lot of different states, but the federal government refuses to recognize its actual status. Right. So that also inhibits it's a research because when you apply for a grant, your justification for trying to research something that's going to be medically used, it's going to be very hard to get government funding. Yeah. And in the U.S., the bulk of our research that scientists do, it, the way we get most of our funding is through the federal government. Yep. Right. And, and actually, to, to that point... If you go back and you look at the amount of money that's being spent by the NIH on cannabinoid research, it's risen by $5 million in the past three years, just incrementally. We've gone from 10, or I guess uh, 105 to 110 to 115, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not like we're not on track to be increasing the amount of research that's done in that field. It's just that we're still criminalizing it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, but given that, we do want to try to answer your question. And so we, we found a couple studies... Uh, that outline in a limited way, just because it's the nature of a lot of the long-term studies that have been done, uh, the effects of marijuana. So there was, there was one study in which they basically took, uh, a lot of adults. These are not younger people. These, I think, I think the average age of these people are like about like 30 and above. And they were, uh, chronic marijuana users. Uh, say so they used it every day for, uh, for, for months at a time. Uh, and then so what they did, actually, I think it was years at a time. And so what they did was they then took people who abstained from the drug right. for three months okay. and compared it to those who kept on using it. And this was basically to look if there were any changes in like the dopamine system in the brain because okay. marijuana is rewarding and it makes you feel good. So they want to say, okay, maybe like marijuana hurts the dopamine system because you keep on like pumping out additional dopamine to feel better. And so basically what they found was that uh, in the symptoms who took who abstained from marijuana versus those that kept on using it, there were no differences in the levels of dopamine in a particular region of the brain that's associated with reward, with feeling good. Oh, okay. Um, so there are transient effects, like the the uh, withdrawal effects that might be present for like a, a week or two after you stop using it, but it's very, sure. very quickly, you very quickly recover. So this was different from things like alcohol, cocaine, heroin, and other drugs of abuse of which the chronic effects are just much worse. Right. Well, that makes sense because we mentioned earlier that like the things like short-term memory loss that are associated with marijuana use, after you stop using them, those effects... They're temporary. Right. They're temporary. They're temporary. There was another study showing that um, in patients who were chronic users, that they actually had a downregulation of the CB1 receptor, the cannabinoid 1 receptor, which is responsible for binding THC. So they did have like a downregulation in their neurons, but... After four weeks of not smoking marijuana, it returned to normal levels. Right. So, so far, it looks like uh, for a lot of the things that could be chronic, that have been studied at least, it doesn't look like there are, like, major implications of chronic use. doesn't mean that there aren't any, just from what they looked at. Yeah, and and again, so much more needs to be done to look at it, and over longer periods of time. Yeah, cool. So thank you. Uh, thank you very much for your question. Thank uh, you, Chris Pace. Thanks, Chris. Chris Pace. Uh, we also got an associated question from a uh, friend of the podcast, Stephanie Leon, uh, asking if marijuana usage is associated with the development of cancer. Um, I think we can answer this pretty quickly as well. I will say that uh, smoking in general has implications for uh, the development of cancer. Um, Sean, you look like you've got something to say. There was actually a study on this. So I'm reading a 
uh, review that was published in the Journal of American, uh, the Journal of American Medicine, New no, England, New England Journal, Journal of, Medicine, of Medicine, which is Jesus. a sorry. highly reputable journal. <laughs> I'm saying Jesus because I know what you do for a living. I'm, I'm, I was looking at the words New England <laughs> Journal of Medicine. You just sort of like mixed them all I up. Just mixed them all up. Yeah, you, this is the remix. Um, this is in the New England Journal. New England Journal of Medicine. I'm here for you. It's a meta-analysis of a bunch of different studies. Right. Um, and one of the things they were talking about is they were comparing the cancer risk of chronic marijuana smoking compared with chronic tobacco or cigarette smoking. Okay. And Good. essentially what the study initially showed was that there was a correlation of marijuana smoking with development of lung cancer. Right. But then what they found when they went back and looked at the study is that the patients weren't controlled for whether or not they smoked cigarettes. So this was like self-reporting of people. (laughs) Right. And it turned out that the people who had also smoked, who smoked marijuana were also smoking cigarettes too. Okay. So then when they removed these patients, there was not a statistically significant correlation with marijuana smoking and lung cancer development. But there was, like, an increased trend. So, basically, Uh, it looks like, you know, if they did other studies or maybe had more people, there might be some effect. But it's not as... It's not um, statistically significant. It's not statistically significant. And it's not as... Certainly not as the same as smoking cigarettes. Right. Okay. So, what you're saying is there's no statistically significant evidence towards the... At least according to the study that you're currently looking at, we're not saying this blanket statement has three, uh, well, one PhD and two PhD candidates. But if you uh, are smoking weed versus if you're smoking cigarettes, it seems like you're less likely to develop lung cancer. Yes. I, I think the general consensus right now, at least in the field, is that you have to smoke weed very heavily and very often to, right. to increase your chances of lung cancer. Well, and you could also make the argument that by by doing this, you are taxing your lungs. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and overall damage and inflammation to any area of the body is something that can be associated yeah. with cancer formation. I mean, so. when you're burning anything, you're creating a bunch of like carcinogenic molecules just mm. because you're lighting them on fire. It's an intense amount of heat. So it's right. messing with their chemistry, and then you put it in your body. Thank you for your question, Stephanie. One thank more. you, Stephanie. Yes, thank you so much, Stephanie, for your question. Uh, another user question. Uh, this one comes from Justin Curian, a.k.a. Juice. Oh, Juice! Uh, he says, yes. hello, hello, good people. Wait, front of the podcast, Juice. Front of the podcast, Juice. Juice. When we're talking about sticky icky. That icky. How sticky can it get before it gets icky? Oh, goodness gracious. Sean, do you want to try this one out? You're the PhD. Well, the stickier the better. I mean, that's definitely <laughs> true. Let, let's say it this way. When you pop the top on some just dank, nasty green, right? And you pluck that broccoli right out of that jar. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. If you fling that nasty cush against the wall and that shit sticks. Then your spaghetti's ready. Then your spaghetti's ready. <laughs> the skunk is in the trunk. The skunk is ready to go. Okay. <laughs> so if it sticks to that wall, that's when it's sticky. Yeah. Right? Right. But if it smells, like when you pop, when you, sorry, when you pop that top and your neighbors call you up and they're like, yo, dog, you try to burn trees, that's when it's icky. That's when you know it's icky. That's when you, icky. you put the bud right under the rug. Sorry? You put the bud under the rug. <laughs> Uh, we have okay. moved away from 
from synonyms for marijuana and have just started saying other bullshit. Now. Sorry, Juice, I guess what I'm saying is that you need circumstantial evidence in order to verify whether or not your weed has gone from being just icky to sticky and sorry, just sticky to sticky and also icky. So what I would say do is to just buy like a bunch of weed at different price points, open them up in your apartment, and then the moment that your neighbors call you and tell you that your apartment smells like that stanky, stanky ganja, that's when you know you've transitioned from sticky too icky. Or when you vomit. Then it's also becomes icky. <laughs> or when you puke from smoking too much weed. Then it really gets icky. Kenan, you've also said once you pop that top twice and you didn't say you just can't stop. And I've like I've oh been waiting God. for it the whole time. Uh, I don't know. You just can't stop. Okay, good. Thank you very much for your question, Justin. I think it's time that we transition away from the context of the actual movie other than ratings. Paste, do you want to do one? <laughs> yes, I do. Okay. Do. A rating, you mean? Oh, no, no, noise. No, we meant a noise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to do a rating. Um, okay. So. All right. Fuck me, then. Yep, go ahead. So. In regards to the science in this film, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to yep. get it. A big old null. Zero. Yeah. yeah. Listen. You know what? I'm not even going to rate the science in this film. It's a zero. Right off. It's yeah. a zero. We, we, just all, we just, knew it was going to be. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> just to go on record, it's a zero. It's really bad. It's a propaganda film. It's a propaganda film. It's designed yes. to specifically scare people by exaggerating the circumstances. It's, and it's making designed up new ones. to retrieve your children from the devil's grasp. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, Do you mean the devil's grasp? Both. Oh, nice. Pace. What, what about the entertainment factor? Entertainment factor of the film, uh, I'm going to give it a three out of five. Uh, because this movie is horrifically bad and yeah. horrifically funny at some points. Uh, and it's kind of just like watching a very, very terrible play, like that you would go and see at like, I don't know, a high school or something. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Where like you are, it's, it's not of a, it's not a high quality production, but you can't look away from it. You can't stop. Yeah, you can't stop. Once you pop. <laughs> You're welcome, Sean. <laughs> Thanks. You want to go next? <laughs> sure. Um, I think for the entertainment value of this movie, man, I don't know. I, I think there are some scenes that are entertaining and then some scenes where I'm just like, man, is this movie over yet? <laughs> Please, God. Because it's Please. pretty boring. So I'm going to give it a two out of five yeah. because some of the scenes are just like very funny because they're so stupid. And yeah. some of the scenes are like, like all the scenes in the court, you're just kind of like, I could fast forward through yeah, this. Yeah, this is a waste of time. I don't time. Really need to see yeah. this. Um, also, the school principal uh, has a lot of teeth that he likes to show. There's when he a lot talks, of teeth in there. It is very, it's it's kind of off putting. He's honestly. got some chompers. Yeah, we we noted that there is a lot of just sort of there's a big tooth situation going on mm-hmm. uh, with Doctor Carroll, um, and uh, he didn't seem to have like a whole. He didn't seem to have a rain on his uh, on his teeth on his incisor situation. So I'm going to give it a two out of five, Kenan. I think I'm going to agree with that. I think I'm going to give it a two out of five. I will say, if I was able to get my uh, daily portion of vegetables prior to uh, watching this movie, <laughs> not uh, enough, enough broccoli. You mean not enough broccoli? If I were able to intake some of that uh, nasty grass, cannabis. Uh, that I think. I think it probably would have been a five out of five. But that said, like by the end of the movie, I was pretty bored and I wanted to be over with. Yes, I could only imagine that it must be better if you are under the influence of drugs. <laughs> like, yes, hundred percent. I mean, it can't get worse, right? Like, speaking of which, we do have a question from friend of the podcast David Bryce that addresses this situation exactly. He says, "If you were forced to smoke the marijuana, God forbid, 
Which of the previous movies you've reviewed would you either be the most or least excited about watching while under the spell of Reefer Madness? Pace, would you like to go I'm so excited that we get to answer this question. David, I am too. Thank you for this question. Yeah, thank, you. thank you very much, David. <laughs> so I would probably be the most excited to watch Avatar. Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Right. Because yeah. that is the going to be a, a highly visually stimulatory experience. I'll agree with that. Under the effects of the reefer madness. There's a lot going on in that. There's a lot going on, and it's going to seem very miraculous and amazing during that instance. What about the least least excited to watch? Least excited. Uh, Probably Reanimator. No. What? (laughs) Really? Really? I don't know. I mean, okay. I anticipate that the the reefer would make a dull movie more enjoyable. I I don't think it make any. It wouldn't make any of them worse. I feel like I don't know if it would make too, them worse. I feel like Contagion's too long and serious. I was going to. I got, we can we can do a round robin here. I was going to say The Martian. I bet if I were high, I get halfway through The Martian and be like, Oh my god, <laughs> uh, just leave. I guess just get off the planet by one day. I guess Contagion or The Martian are good ones. I was more they're of slow the, burn movies. Yeah, they're yeah. really slow burn. Yeah, yeah, I think can, for me, Contagion or Gattaca, because Gattaca, like, I've seen it a lot, too. I've seen Gattaca, yeah. like, four times, and there's just a lot of him, like, dreaming about being an astronaut that I would be born. Yeah, yeah. just a lot, of, a lot of bacon dreams. If, that. if I had to pick my movie that I would be most anticipated to Hawk. watch... Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I had to pick the movie I would be most excited about watching under the influence of uh, jazz cigarettes... Mm-hmm. Earlier was thinking Day After Tomorrow because of how cheesy it is, but I realized it's Jurassic Park. Oh, it's a hundred percent Jurassic Park. Yeah, because I love that movie. Yeah, yeah, and also I love dinosaurs, and I feel like seeing dinosaurs in like the splendor of this world that has been created would yeah. just be like so great. You'd shed a tear when Doctor Grant like steps out of that, dra- that Jurassic Jeep. Uh, and sees a brachiosaur for the very first time, and the yeah, music swells. <laughs> yeah, and when it sneezes in his face, <laughs> it's a veggiesaurus. I'd probably laugh at that for like forty-five minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uncontrollable laughter. Uh, I mean, and just anytime Jeff Goldblum's in a scene, I would just be, you know, be cracking up. And the DNA strand that's like not old DNA. DNA. I mean, that's, that's very good. That's got to be the best. So, Kenan, what about yours? I was gonna say for me, uh, I want to set up a scenario where uh, we just label my state, uh, and then I can roll back the clock uh, to where I've never seen Memento before, and then get super faded mm. and watch Memento. That because does not sound fun to me. No, dude. Because I feel like I'd get about halfway through that movie and I'd be like, what? <laughs> uh, whoa! And he has no end, memory. And I would have the <laughs> Most blown mind in all of history. <laughs> Get to the end, you'd be like, oh, "That's what happened!" Oh my god! And I'd be the most annoying person. Kenneth though. would get to the end and turn to us and be like, "Guys, this guy had no short-term memory." That <laughs> That's what would happen. <laughs> and Sean would just be chowing down on some Oreos, probably. Yeah, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Thank you very so, much, David. Thank you for that question. All right. We have just a couple remaining questions. Yep. First one comes from Robbie Zena. Doctor. Doctor Robbie Zena. And uh, entomologist, a doctor who studies bugs mm-hmm. in front of the podcast. Yes. Asks, uh, what would happen if non-human animals or bugs consume THC? Which is a really good question because actually uh, consumption of THC by pets mm-hmm. is really, really important because now that marijuana is legalized in like 29 states uh, medically and like eight <sighs> recreationally. 
Um, it sometimes gets left oh, on no. coffee tables. What if Rover gets into your brownie bag? If Rover gets into your brownie well, bag, die from theobromine poisoning. But <laughs> well, assuming that the day, chocolate is a problem too, but it can be very very harmful for pets. Uh, I don't, there's it's not known specifically why. But apparently THC is much, much more dangerous for dogs than it is in humans. It can, like, cause, like, intense lethargy, a wobbling gait, uh, dribbling urine and saliva, and highly sensitivity to light Jesus. and noise. I wonder if they're more cannabinoid receptors or if they're just in more areas that are, like, they, affect actual bodily control. Shocker. There's not a lot of NIH funding to study cannabinoid receptor localization in dogs. Yeah, that kind of makes sense. They also may not metabolize it at the same rate as That's humans a good do. point, and, yeah. And generally because, because people like, actually metabolize it pretty quickly. Right. And also because their size is just, you know, smaller than humans, uh, if the dosing is made for humans, assuming yep. there is some sort of dose in these, like, right. legal forms, it's not made for dogs. And dose is dependent on your weight, generally. Definitely. And, I mean, you mentioned dosing, but now uh, it's my understanding that, like, for instance, Colorado, uh, Pace, you mentioned edibles, has specific guidelines for the milligram concentration of THC you're allowed to put yep. in a, to a single serving of edibles. How would they decide that? Uh, in, in the article that I found within the CDC, they basically cite this this fact that like some were recorded with having 100 milligrams of THC within a single, effectively a single cookie. And this actually has led to people eating like 600 milligrams of THC, and instead of quote overdosing, they are just suffer THC poisoning because they've had so much of it that you get an adverse effect. Yeah. So too much of a good thing. I think one guy actually died, right? Yeah. The same way that if you drink too much water, you'll die. Yeah. You can die yeah. from anything. You yeah. Can sure. Much cell phones, chemtrails, all sorts. Of <laughs> yeah. Don't eat, don't eat your cell phone, kids. Don't cell eat phones. your cell phone. Right. Exactly. Basically. Cell phones and chemtrails. Yeah. The two of the most common causes of causes death. death in the United States. Yeah, yeah Wi-Fi, totally. Sorry, Pace, go ahead. Last part of this question. Uh, bugs. <laughs> so, regarding insects, and again, thank you to Dr. Robbie Zena for uh, doing a little bit of the legwork here for us. Uh, things are a bit interesting. So, cannabinoid receptors, which THC and marijuana acts upon to produce its effects, they're, they're in mammals, birds, amphibians, fish, sea urchins, leeches, and even mussels. Sea urchins. Sea urchins. Uh, and yet, Rad. yet, <laughs> that's a cool seer. What a sweet seer. They are absent in fruit flies, honeybees, water striders, certain types of moths and beetles. Hmm. Which is just, I mean, it must have mean, meant that, like, for one reason or another, bugs didn't evolve this receptor. Now, is it all bugs? I mean, I know beetles is like a huge general term. So this was actually a bugs, specific, but... um, the giant mealworm beetle. Oh. So it's a specific subspecies of beetle. Oh, okay. Um, and I, I think that just what happened here is that, like, beetles and bugs a lot of times will consume plants. And I think that a lot of the times plants would produce THC as a defense mechanism right. to, to keep bugs from eating them. Because if you eat it, then you're high. You're, well, people will be eating more, but the bug might just pass out. The, I mean, who knows what happened to the bug? It's not it could just die. But I think <laughs> my, what my, I know. I think what might have happened is that basically there was a mutation that caused a certain, you know, one line of these types of bugs to not have functional cannabinoid receptors, and then they lived and weren't poisoned by these plants right, that were right. producing THC. So uh, that's how evolution works, folks. Bugs and drugs. Bugs and drugs. Bugs love drugs. Maybe we should hit up Robbie Zinnick, because I am curious how uh, uh, other bugs like spiders might uh, interact with uh, THC consumption Yeah, as well. what about bugs like... Uh squids. Yeah, yeah, or bugs like the, the common pit viper, I think. Or yeah, yeah, another yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what my favorite bug is? What? Uh, the, the Indian elephant. It's my favorite <laughs> bug. 
<laughs> that's I think my favorite bug is uh, that's a good bug face is a uh, uh, populous tremuloides. That's uh, a good, oh, oh, the um, quaking ash tree. Yes, yes, that's a very that's good a one. Good, good bug. Yeah, Kevin. that's a solid. That's a bug. kind bug. It's a yeah. kind bug. And, and then you have Oprah, the matriarch of all bugs. Wait, is Oprah the a bug lord? I don't. She wait, is not. Hold on. She doesn't like. She doesn't like Take bug there. lord. Oh, okay. Okay. She's a bug bear. She she's she's, she's, a bug bear. she's a bug bear. She's a big old bug bear. Okay, so Oprah will be in my next DD campaign, is what you're saying. We've yes. lost the plot. I think now that we've uh, totally derailed. Thank you, Robbie, for very much your question. question. Please hit us up on spiders. Nature's greatest bug. All right. Do we have one more from Tori? Those are arachnids, aren't they? Oh, Jesus. All right. We do have one more from a friend of the podcast, Tori Mackle. I said your name right this time. Friend and previous guest star on the podcast. Heck yeah. Tori she helped Mackle. us review Gattaca. Gattaca. That's right. Sorry. I almost said Split, but it wasn't that. Um, Spliff. Uh, so she says, in your recent episode on contact, you discussed the symptoms of a heart attack as being characterized by chest pain, arm numbness, etc. However, recent studies have shown that these symptoms may differ greatly between men and women, and that men are more likely to experience the classical symptoms of chest pain, etc. Could you please discuss the symptoms that differ between men and women? Statistically, women are much less likely to recognize symptoms of a heart attack in their own bodies, and I feel like it's something that needs to be discussed more widely. Thanks a million. You're number one fan and want to give you tons of money, Tori Mackle. <laughs> oh, that's so sweet. That's, well, that's very Tori. cool that she said that. Yeah, Tori, thank you for that contractually binding uh, pledge right. to it's the show. Thank in you. writing, I will send it to my lawyers. We will expect your Patreon donation immediately. Perfect. Mm-hmm. perfect yep, perfect. we have a $100 uh, a month tier specifically for Tori Mackle in which... She gives us money and we will continue to answer her questions. Yes, the show. 100%. Yeah, 100%. That's <laughs> okay. To answer your question, one, I am not that kind of doctor. And <laughs> that is a very medical heavy question for three people who you know what we work on and it's not that. But we're highly qualified professionals, so we're going to answer it anyway. Exactly. Indeed. We are. Um, so basically what I found, this is, wow, this is a way older review than I thought. This is from 2003. Oh, nice. Good. It's um, only 15 years old. Yeah, it's very old. But Great. this is basically a review and a meta-analysis of a bunch of different cardiovascular studies, and it's titled Sex is a Potent Modifier of the Cardiovascular System. They essentially look at a bunch of different cardiac uh, qualities, hypertension or potassium currents or repolarization, And they looked at studies in rats, mice, and in humans, and basically showed that there are sexual dimorphisms in the cardiac system between males and females across these different species. And when I say sexual dimorphism, what that means is that there are differences between male sexes and female sexes. Um, There are a lot of different examples of this, and honestly, sexual dimorphisms in humans are extremely prevalent. Yeah, right. Like, it's... I'm not surprised at all that there are differences in the cardiac system because there are differences like everywhere between males and females. You're even even in the like... brain, like uh, so. Anyways, Tori, yes, that is a good point to bring up, and you honestly probably know more about it than we do because it sounds like you know. Honestly, until you brought it up, I never thought about it. Right. Um, I try not to think about heart attacks because it makes me anxious. So <laughs> that's actually a good point. Sean is afraid of two things. There are tornadoes and heart attacks. <laughs> I think the list is a little longer, but yeah. <laughs> One other thing that we found is that uh, women of the uh, people of the female sex uh, are more likely to develop uh, something known as small vessel disease. This is a condition where blockages can occur in the tiny vessels within the heart rather than on the lar- in the large surface arteries. 
apparently a lot of women will come in with uh, what's known as angina or heart-related chest pain, um, but they're told that their major coronary arteries look normal, so they're, say- that they're told it's not their heart, but you can still have a heart attack if this is yeah. not addressed, if it's not treated. Um, the other thing that can occur is that apparently postmenopausal women are subject to uh, sudden and unusual changes in the shape of one of their heart muscles. This can occur in response to severe emotional distress, so it has the just the worst name called broken heart syndrome. That sounds um, like it was named in the most sexist manner possible. Yep, I will definitely agree with that. Yeah. Uh, but it's characterized by again angina and changes in the heart's electrical activity that can mimic a heart attack. They still the arteries still appear clear of plaque. But during this initial event, you can still have rhythm problems, and uh, so you can go into shock or you can die, effectively, because your heart's not beating as it's supposed to. So, problem. Just a couple of examples that we found while, while we're yeah. Thank you for the question, Tori. Yeah, thank you very much, hey, Tori. thank you for donating all that money to the show. Yeah, $100 a month is going to go a long Cannot way to, to sort of that check. improving our... Yeah, we're going to be able to get new microphones. Actually, $100 a month, we could probably like start you know an additional segment of our podcast. Yeah, yeah, probably. We could, uh, if we're getting yeah. 100 a month, for sure. I mean, since only Tori is donating, we would just, I guess, email it directly to her. Yeah, we'll just put it... <laughs> We'll do a live... Yeah, we'll just come to your house and talk at and you. And talk at you. Yeah, that's yeah, perfect. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, so get ready for that, Tori. Speaking of which, we do have a Patreon. Uh, if you go to patreon.com and search for The Real Science Podcast or Real Science Cast, uh, you'll find us on there. Uh, we don't have a lot of goals yet, but we've been talking about a lot of things that we can do about potentially adding like monthly content, additional things to talk about, specific subjects that we could cover for people, uh, even like very, very small interviews that we can do with people who we know who have specific... Yeah. You know, the expertise in fields of interest. Yep. Um, so if you go there uh, and if you like our show, help us out and we'll try and use all that money to make the show better. So. I think that once we get a, a few more uh, donation, re- recurring donations occurring, we can start to approach that content more seriously. Right. And we're also uh, assessing our current recording can, uh, recording setup so yep. that we can try and make a make our sound better. So. Yeah. Um, and that, that sounds like a great plan, Kevin. It does. Yeah. I really hear you loud and clear. Stop. Uh, the other thing that really helps us out is if you go to uh, iTunes or even, I guess, Stitcher, question mark, or even Facebook, maybe. Uh, you can do us, it on Facebook. You can do it on Facebook. Leave us a five-star review. Uh, that helps with our visibility for the podcast so that more people can see it, more people can listen to it. Uh, just hear how fucking funny we are. <laughs> oh, great joke, Kevin. The funnier people think we are, uh, the more we might be able to get out of the Patreon, which means the more content we can do, which means we can all eventually just quit our jobs and do this for a living. Um, It'd be so great. Yeah, it'd be really great. Uh, Michael Christopher Robert Jimmy uh, Gregory Pace. Yes. Uh, where can we find you on the internet? You can find me on the internet at Michael C. Pace on Twitter. What about all your other middle names? <laughs> It's. I only have one middle name, Ken. Oh, it's Christopher. Oops. Yep. How about that? How about that, Sean? I'm not going to ask you because I've learned my lesson. I, I found have... him under a rock today on campus. Bazinga! Yeah, just sort of rolled him in here. I was actually on campus all day today. Wow! Wow! Because Holy I crap. had to leave my house. You weren't just like <laughs> sitting in your Pink Floyd Dark Side of the Moon pajama pants nope. and playing Halo. It's too hot now. <laughs> <laughs> No, I was in lab. You can find me on Facebook. I generally manage the Real Science Cast Facebook page. Yep. So if you have anything that you want to direct directly at me, uh, just comment on the page and be sure to check all of our fun posts. Yeah. We post about our episodes. <laughs> yep. And you can find me on the internet uh, in at any place at LOL Kennan. Uh, I'm on Twitter. I'm on Zanga.net. I'm on Zanga Live Journal. I'm on the forum for. Uh, 
paintball enthusiasts, I guess. Uh, that is false. That is false. I have not been on any of those things recently because I'm trying to graduate, but I will be sure to step up my game once I'm done. Cool. I think that's it. Um, cool. Do we have anything else? Yeah. Do you guys want to hear about all the fun DEA street names for oh, marijuana? Absolutely no, definitely not. Yeah, we definitely yeah. should. Okay, so, so just anyway, in case you're wondering. Thank you for listening, uh, everyone. The DEA uh, calls really marijuana... It. Aunt Mary. So my name is Sean Bud. Blunts. My, my name's Kit Sean- Boom. Chronic. Ke- dope. Okay, Gangster. My name is Sean Cro- Ganja. My name's Kenan Smith. Grass. Pa- Hash. Herb. Kiff. That's Michael Pace. And Mary Jane. It's Pot. Pa- Reaper. Sem Semi. You don't need good science to make a good movie. Stay classic. Oh my god, Michael, stop! Weed. I'm Michael Pace. Dude, I have a funny anecdote that I'm not going to talk about. It's a waste of time. Um, <laughs> Thanks for introducing that into the... I mean, I did make a dumb animal joke. I can't really... Yeah. Like, thank you for refraining, Pace. I want to go ahead and talk about it because you could be... If you want to put it in somewhere. Yeah, sure. Let's so, just go like, ahead. Yeah. Tell us your fucking anecdote, Pace. So, sometimes on campus, I have to go to these brain cuttings for Alzheimer's patients. Whoa. And uh, it could be Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, where we get the brains and we'll, we'll dissect certain regions for histological analysis, right? Um... And so there's just one doctor, MD, who's always does it, and he's always there. And he's the goofiest dude ever, and no matter what, every time we cut the brain, he makes the same terrible jokes. Really? <laughs> every time. Oh my god, he's me! What does he say? And he's, every time we go to cut the hippocampus, he's like, well, we're gonna go get the big hippo off campus. Oh and my god. every time he says that. Sorry, he's Sean. And the thing is, every time he says it, it's it's the best fucking joke in the world. Fuck you, Kenneth. <laughs> Jeez.